Hey guys, I'm Boyd the Broker, and this is pretty cool. Having a podcast to talk about relevant events. I hope you enjoy it. So today's podcast is is real deal serious stuff. This is when you get discharged from the hospital and what to expect and what goes on. Because um, you really have no idea what's, what's going to happen. I mean... So I remember uh, I was 37 days uh, in the hospital. And then I, when I was sent home during Omicron COVID, uh, it was crazy. I wasn't even able to see anybody. You know, they allowed my wife to visit me, but um, my son was not allowed to come visit me, which is, which is part, of the, part of what really freaked me out and actually what gave me a little bit more, um, more motivation because I had 37 days of thinking, holy crap, I'm, I'm, I might not see my son again. And, and, and I was thinking about my son and like what, what he was going through that he wasn't, he, he, you know, he wasn't going to see his dad again. And so when I got to see my son, ironically, he had COVID. I had to, and I was already quarantined on, uh, it was a two-story house. I was living on the second story. I couldn't go down the stairs, so I couldn't move. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. My wife had turned into my caregiver, uh, which is very common. She had to give up her her job and everything. And um, uh, for six months, she was she was my number one uh, reason to get anything that I needed. She would get me food, take me to the bathroom. I couldn't shower. I couldn't do anything on my own. So you lose your entire independence um, coming home. But you came home, and that's the thing. And so my nephew, he's a little bit older. He's in his early 40s. My great-nephew, who is his son, uh, is 12 or 13 at the time. They both came to the house to see me. And, uh, uh, you know... Again, it talks about the humility and being humbled and going back to back to the basics. Um, I was in a stroller, um, you know, using it to walk around the the, the house because I, I couldn't move on my own. I had a catheter attached to me. I couldn't go to the restroom on my own. Um, and it is what it is. So I had basically a bag of of urine uh, hanging down from my waist. Um, and I'm a pretty proud guy. You know, I put gel in my hair. I'm in my fifties and I put gel in my hair and I like to wear nice clothes. So, I mean, when I talk about humility and being humbled, that's it. Like it's gone. You're, you're back to square one. And so I had a 12 or 13 year old kid looking at me, seeing somebody who had, uh, was strong before decent looking, uh, confident man, um, walking with the use of a stroller, um, with a, what I used to call a pee bag around his, 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 his waist. And, and he asked me, he's like, uh, what, what is that around your waist? And you know, that, th- that was the start. That's when I knew, okay, now I'm being looked at different, uh, but it is what it is. And some people that are going to look at me different when you return, try and return to, to regular life, they're not going to actually voice what they're thinking, but because he was 12 or 13, I think that it was a unique situation where he actually asked me what that was. Other people might be curious about it. They would never say it. So that was my first introduction to know, okay, people around me are going to be asking questions. Whether or not they ask me or not, they're going to be thinking questions. 
So I had to tell him I, I couldn't go to the bathroom on my own. And every three days, a nurse is going to have to come to the house and, and empty it for me. And, and it is what it is. And you know what? This is something that my wife and I, I drew the line um, when I, before I got discharged from the hospital. Um, guys will understand this. Holy crap. I mean, they, so the doctor told me when, when they discharged me that, that they would prefer not discharging me still attached to a catheter to, to, you know, to, to allow me to go to the bathroom, but they were going to try and, uh, teach me to self catheterize myself. And, uh, no, that, that was not going to happen. My wife supported me. And uh, I don't know who the heck could ever have that much. I mean, that much. That's not humility. That's not confidence. That's not pride. That's not anything. That's just that's just a whole other level that uh, you have to deal with um, to be on your own. The simple things to go to the bathroom. I mean, that's that's basically where your life's at. So anybody listening to this, whether you had a heart attack, a stroke, any life changing event, you go back to the basics. You go back to square one, and it is what it is. It's you can't go back and say, "Oh, I wish I could do this," or "I wish I did this differently." It is what it is, and that's where you're at. Your whole body changes. Everything changes, and so I had lost forty five pounds. I, I was. I was basically the the same weight that I was in my junior high days and it wasn't good. It just, I, I wasn't eating and it's because my taste changed and they were like, some people get their taste lost. Some people don't. So it is what it is. That's not every stroke patient, but mine was, was gone. I used to love like diet Coke. I love diet Coke, but when I drink diet Coke, it tasted awful. Like it was brutal. So I stopped drinking which is a good thing. You're not supposed to drink sodas and stuff. And I loved it, but I, I lost some of the things that I used to really enjoy, which was diet Coke, ice cream, nachos, all these different things. But because my taste had changed, um, and I wasn't eating as much and I didn't eat in the, you know, in the, in, in the hospital at all, I couldn't eat for the first two weeks, but I lost so much weight that part of my nutrition, I needed to get it back. So my wife would go to the store for me and buy just one of everything, it seems. She'd buy nachos, different dill pickle chips, kettle chips. She'd buy four different types of ice cream. She'd buy all these different things, cornuts, all these snacks, different, most of it comfort foods, think, thinking or hoping that I'm going to eat some of this to start getting some, some, some nutrition, even though it was bad nutrition, any nutrition back in my body. And it was really weird because all these things that I used to love were now gone and they were different. Um, so I just, I developed a different taste. And even to this day, I don't have Diet Coke. I, you know, I went to Gatorade. I went to, to tonic water. I went to regular water. I went to flavored water. I would try anything. And that's just part of your life changing. And I didn't, well, it was kind of weird, but I, you know, 37 days, I didn't brush my teeth in the, in, in, in the hospital for 37 days. My couple months in, I had to start doing a bunch of dental work because my, my, my teeth were, were pretty bad. And, uh, uh, that's just, it is what it is. That's one thing that people don't talk about after a life-changing event. And it's, it's your personal hygiene that changes. That's, that's pretty interesting. And then, you know, I tried to resume activities. And uh, uh, I've told this story that um, 
when, when the rehab ladies would come to the house and we try and start doing things, uh, there was occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy. I started to do pretty well with the speech. It was, it was pretty rough, and I had to, you know, relearn how to balance my checkbook and the days of the week and arithmetic and all this sort of stuff. I progressed fairly well with that. Um, but going back out into regular situations, going to Starbucks and different things that, that, that required me getting back out into the real world, uh, super important but very uncomfortable, especially when I was still using the, the walker. Um, again, I, I thought I had a lot of pride and a lot of different things. I was surfing before. I was in good shape. I thought I was strong. And um, now you're in the same area uh, that you were before, but now you're using a walker to, to get to places and you just got to deal with it. I mean, that's the thing. And it pissed me off and I was embarrassed, but you know what? I used that as a positive thing. So I had like the therapist would come and we'd, we'd go through the garage to get to, uh, I'm in Hermosa beach down right now, down near the strand. And I had all my bikes, uh, hanging up on the wall, uh, in the garage. And so we're walking through the garage and seeing the bikes. And I said to the lady, I said, geez, you know what? It'd be nice just to be able to ride a bike again. Holy crap. Just to ride a bike again, something simple as that. And she goes, Oh yeah, well you can probably use it as you know, tomorrow for stability. Basically, she's saying that I would use it instead of my walker just to, to walk alongside with um, the next day. Well, the next, so that went into my brain and, 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 and I started thinking about that. The next day when we started walking um, uh, through the garage and by the bikes and I grabbed the bike when she wasn't looking, and I don't know how I did this, but decided maybe the night before that I was going to do this, I put my leg over the, over the bike and, and, and pedaled and, 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 and rode off. And, and she was freaking out. And, you know, she's been doing this 12 years. She said that's the first time that anybody's ever gone from a stroller to a bike in the first week. And, and I took that with mental pride. I took that with the sign of, of I can get through this. I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to get better. And, and figure this out. And, and it's not that I was any more, any more uh, uh, humbled or, or any, any less confident. It, it's the opposite. I put it all together to become better. So you have to start resuming activities. And so I go to my nephew's place and my, I'm, I'm playing with my great nieces and nephews who are, are younger. You know, they're about uh, six, uh, six years old to 12 years old. And, and um, they want to see their uncle Boyd and, and, and hanging out. And so we're, we, we get in the, on, on a bike ride and we're, we're just in front of their house. And, but, and this is another sort of another thing that happened that lets you realize where you are in life and that you need to incrementally start getting better. Um, I'm just riding a bike with them and, and I lost my balance because it was all new to me and, and I didn't want to look silly and I was embarrassed and I'm the old, older uncle that, that, you know, that they assume should be able to ride a bike with them. But I, I took a spill. I, I, I fell down pretty bad and, and, uh, scrape my arms and everything on the pavement pretty uh pretty good and uh, you know but you know what it, i knew this was this was also another sign of of me getting better is because the next day um when my therapist uh, the physical therapist came by and i had to explain what happened with my with my great nieces and nephews and that I fell off a bike, she wanted me to, she was going to have to um, report this to the rehab with walls people as an incident report. And it made me, it embarrassed me. It made me feel silly and everything. And I got upset at, 
unfortunately at her and I, I feel bad about how I did it but the, the positive part of that was that it it that was me trying to get my life back and 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 not having somebody tell me or remind me that I didn't have my life back but because I I I, I had enough pride and enough remembrance of an old life uh, that 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 would upset me. I thought that was a positive a positive stage in my in my recovery. Once you start doing well, everybody around you starts assuming that you're doing better, and you kind of put on this brave face that you're doing better. And I remember doing one of these exercises and. Uh, I mean, this couldn't happen in a million years. I have this sea-sized battery. It's in my head here that uh, that drained the that's draining the blood for my for my hemorrhagic stroke, and it's literally sticking out of my head right here, like about an inch and a half long. And you certainly have to be aware of it. But for whatever reason, they were making me doing balance exercises, and I lost a bit of my balance. And of all the things, I actually lost my balance and hit my head on the on the weight machine and of course that freaks them out they're worried about the liability and everything but they forgot just like I kind of forgot and everybody realized you're trying to resume regular activities and and especially me looking still pretty good and talking still pretty good they just were assuming that I had the balance that I was getting better and they sort of gave me a little bit too much rope and I took that rope and I fell and I hit my head right exactly where the shunt is which is you know, one of the silliest things, but it, there's all these things during recovery that sort of remind you of where you're at and remind you that you still have a long ways to go, but it's okay. Like you need, you need to take these signs as, as okay. So that was another sign that, 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 that happened. And then, you know, a, a positive part is that like, I went to the, this third part round of therapy was a place in Culver city where, um, you know, a lot of these guys, I walked in there and um, I had progressed past the stroller and past the catheter and different things. And so I'm starting to look fairly normal, starting to feel fairly normal. And uh, a lot of these guys at that facility um, had just suffered a stroke. And so they were in the walkers and um, uh, not doing very well. And so when I showed up, you know, they're like, uh, well, what's this guy doing here? And, you know, disrupting our time of getting better and trying to do whatever. Why is he here? Um, and I wanted to tell these people that, hey, you know what? It was only a month and a half ago or two months ago or wherever it was where I was in your situation. I actually thought it would probably benefit them so that they could be have a little bit of inspiration to to get better. It's you know it's it's the reason why I'm doing now why I'm 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 meeting a lot of these these patients and these people that have had a stroke or, or a, coming back from a life changing event so they can see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. But these people were so raw and I was still you know, um, not great, but good enough. Uh, they were looking at me uh, very weird and it made me uncomfortable. That was my first realization that that maybe at some point, um, you know, the the judging had changed. Uh, it had gone from, OK, this guy definitely had a stroke. There's something wrong with him when I was going out, you know, back into the real world to the second stage, which was, okay, this guy's looking pretty decent. Why is he here? And why his, you know, why is he taking some of our time? Um, so that was an interesting second stage that, 
that went on. And then I, I remember, you know, small little things like just being able to run when I was on the beach and I remember the first time I didn't even mean to run. I remember the lady told me to just get to the, they have these garbage cans set up on the beach, get to the garbage can as fast as you can. So I started walking in the, in, in, in the sand and I started moving a bit faster and then I started running and I felt like a, like a giraffe, like I was gonna, like a Forrest Gump. It was almost, it was the first time that I had any momentum and I couldn't really even slow down. You're almost afraid to slow down. Um, and that, you know, that part of therapy is something that that's interesting because you, you want to do so much better, but you got to realize your limitations, but then you actually scare yourself when you, when you're able to do a few things that you were able to do before, but it's different. You know, I could run normal and I could stop normal, but now I couldn't do anything normal. And so it was, it was different to be able to understand that, um, that was another stage in, in, in my therapy of coming back from, from the stroke. Um, and, and you got to use different motivations, right? I mean, I wanted to get back to normal. And again, my old life's gone, right? So whatever's happening now is my new life and I need to adopt it. I need to, I need to accept it. Uh, but part of the things was, you know, geez, my, (laughs) When I was in the hospital, it was all, it was during Christmas. It was December and all of December and most of January. And that's when my son, uh, he had just started high school at Miracosta, um, in Manhattan beach. And, um, he had just started, uh, tryouts for the tennis team. And, uh, it was really cool looking back on it, that he had enough strength to stick with these uh, with these tryouts and he pushed through it and he made the team. And then part of the recovery that I was doing was going to like the parent meetings now. And it's cool. It's like these, it's these things that you don't, that you took for granted that you do during life. But when it's taken away, there's nothing more important in life that you would like to do. And so I would do these, I would show up at these meetings with my wife, uh, tennis meetings, and it was just really cool that I was able to progress to the point where I could show up at these meetings and not look like the guy that had the stroke or had a heart attack or had a life-changing event. I looked pretty normal. And so then I started thinking, well, maybe I can, I can pass this off. Maybe I can actually start you know, acting normal and feeling that I was a little confident in how I was, how I was coming across to people. And that's when, that's when I started to think maybe that I can resume now my business. Um, uh, and that's a whole other story and that's a whole other podcast. Uh, but that is the next and final stage of recovery is when you're able to actually return to business and return to work and return to that self-worth return, return to the ability of, of, of thinking that you're providing for the family again. Uh, because that gets taken away when you have a stroke or a life-changing event, it rips everything out of your body and every part of confidence and every part of everything that you feel that you were able to do before is gone. And so now it is just about what you can do to replenish it and get on a different path. And that path for me personally is great, is awesome. Like I love my new path and I hope to help other people to let them know and this is the toughest part and I did it on my own and so hopefully I can I can push people a little bit quicker than even what I went through. It took a long time before I even told people that I had a stroke because you're so embarrassed. Um, 
but if I, if I can do that, I think, I think that's like my new calling and something that I'm very interested in doing. I'm Boyd the Broker. I appreciate you tuning into my podcast. You know, we're going to have some pretty cool topics over the next several months. Real estate, how to make money, when to buy, when to sell. I'm helping people return to work after suffering a stroke. There's some interesting, cool health topics we're going to talk about. There's just nothing off the table. I live in the real world. Where do you live?